With COVID-19 around, telehealth lets you see your physician while keeping you safe at home. If you have questions, we're here to help. Stay safe, take care of each other, and use telehealth. We're UHA Health. Aloha, folks, and welcome to UHA's Connecting the Dots podcast. I'm Kanoi Gibson of Hi Now, and we'll be connecting the dots with some of UHA's doctors and other guests on various health and wellness topics and tips. Connecting the Dots starts now. Well, the holidays are upon us, and today we are talking about holiday celebration do's and don'ts with Dr. Kathleen Kozak as UHA's medical director and a member of their Physician Advisory Council. Dr. Kozak works closely with UHA providers and in-house registered nurse care specialists to ensure members have access to quality health care services. Dr. Kozak, aloha. Aloha. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. What a beautiful voice. <laughs> Sounds like you do radio or something. Hey, you know, we're, we're here with the holidays and I know a lot of people are concerned about gatherings and things like that. How are you all feeling in the medical community with these uh, parties possibly coming up? I'll be honest. It's a don't. You know, it's one of those things where there's a lot of smart people out there and it doesn't take it just takes one little mistake for somebody having a gathering to do something that's not so smart. I mean, I tell my patients all the time, you know, I would be your COVID risk. I'm a healthcare provider. Mm -hmm. I see patients in the office. I do wear personal protective equipment or PPE, but there's always situations where people don't have symptoms. We get a little cavalier. Maybe the mask comes down below our nose or it's not on as tight as it could be. And the next thing you know, I've seen it in my own office a few days after I see a patient, somebody gets diagnosed with COVID. They had no symptoms in the office when they saw me. And so if I feel like I am everyone else's COVID risk, people need to understand that I get it. Everybody wants to celebrate the holidays, but think of some creative ways to do it virtually or in some way that's remote because it's just got to take that one family member who brought their girlfriend or who brought somebody's cousin and they didn't look sick, they didn't get sick, and we keep hearing about that's how these exposures keep growing in numbers. People just so happen to come in contact with somebody. They were at a party. They were within less than six feet that's how it happens. This is unfortunately one of the times when we're all going to have to consider celebrating at home. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we say it over and over, you know, they can't do it. We even have mandates in place that so we can have what five people at our houses now, right? At, at least right now. Uh, but unfortunately, Be careful who they are. Yeah. We'll, we'll still see this. Are you all as medical professionals gearing up for an expected spike in, in cases due to gatherings? Well, you know, we have been since March. As soon as the pandemic started, all the hospitals, particularly here in Hawaii, really started to get their their act together as far as prevention and having all of the supplies necessary materials that we might need. So a lot of the hospitals went ahead and got additional providers. Maybe those of us like myself who are primarily in the clinic, we trained as if we were going to be in the hospital again, cross-training from various specialists to different areas. So the healthcare community is prepared. We did have a bit of our surge in hospitalizations back in August. So we did see that on average there were a couple of days we hit a high number of almost 300 patients in the hospital locally in the state with positive coronavirus cases. Now we're starting to see that there are fewer cases of coronavirus in patients in the hospital. The problem is that this is the busiest season for hospitals. 
we normally see high high census rates in all the hospitals in you know November, December, January, February, and March. So those are for people who have other illnesses that are not related to coronavirus. Now, if we add that on top, then we're going to see more problems with having the number of beds available and having the capacity. So although the hospitals may want to take care of more people, and they do have plans for developing field hospitals and other areas just in case, we really don't want to have to implement that because the best optimal medical care is going to be when we have plenty of time to take care of patients and plenty of space and plenty of staff that are not overburdened, stressed, or at risk themselves and have to stay home from coronavirus exposures. Right. Would you still, would you say that that's still probably the biggest concern? Because I think a lot of people have kind of, you know, become lackadaisical about it, right? Thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm going to worry about getting this COVID anymore. But really, we have to remember it's the healthcare situation, right? That's really the key is that, you know, for most people, if they get an exposure to coronavirus, they may have a mild case. They might be able to stay home, flu-like symptoms, a slight fever, and they may not wind up being someone who winds up in the hospital, but they could transmit it to somebody else who would potentially have an auntie or an uncle that they were seeing. We have multi-generational families here in the islands, and it just takes one elderly person or someone at risk who gets really sick. And then if you multiply those potential exposures, there's an even greater risk that we're going to have family members and or other folks related to this one index case that are going to require hospital stays. Some people are at risk. Those who have certain medical conditions like high blood pressure, heart conditions, lung conditions, people who are on medications that make them immunocompromised. A lot of those folks might be people who have rheumatoid arthritis or who have psoriasis and are on some of the injected medications. These are folks who are at high risk if they get exposed of having it turn into a serious case. And they're not people that you might otherwise think of as sick. They might have their medical condition under great control. But with that added stress of a viral infection, their body's not going to be able to handle it well. So it's really about protecting ourselves, protecting our loved ones, protecting our community, and making sure that we have enough resources in the hospital and we don't overutilize those in situations that could have been prevented. Right. Okay. Well, you know, going back to the holiday situation, you kind of mentioned that spike in August. What are some of the other trends that occurred uh, during the holiday celebration? So obviously the August one was probably from 4th of July that we saw. And um, what about Labor Day, you know, Halloween? Are we seeing those trends? Well, we expected to see a little bit more. You know, I think it's hard because when we look and see what's happening on the mainland, they have seen huge spikes due to Thanksgiving. They're now seeing on average over 200,000 cases every day. The number of patients hospitalized in the United States is at the highest level it's ever been. And so we usually here in Hawaii follow some of the mainland trends, but we may not be exactly in sync with it. Locally, we didn't see as much of a spike as we expected. In fact, opening up tourism did not lead to the huge spike everyone worried about because part of that is people had to be tested before they came and so you know part the difficulty that we have is in an ideal world everybody could be tested every day and those who had it would stay home and this would all go away but in the practical world we can't have everyone get tested every day We don't have the resources to even provide those numbers of tests. And even if we could do that, it still wouldn't lead to people who are positive all being picked up on the test. And then it has to do with the behavior issues. 
You know, it's funny. Just last week, I was, I had unfortunately had some dental work that I had to do. And I had a little fever after that. And I thought to myself, boy, okay, so I'm just going to stay home from work because, you know, this is related to this dental procedure. And I, I don't want to be at work when I'm not feeling optimal. But then I thought, as I was home, if I had to stay in my room for two weeks, I mean, that would have driven me a little crazy. So I really have a huge level of sympathy for those people who get tested positive and they're told to stay home. That means all their activities are gone. That's it. All of their plans and things they want to do end it right now. But it's so important because if you don't, then it's the people that you interact with, the people you love, and the innocent bystanders, friends or family members of the people you might meet at work who potentially could be seriously affected. We do expect that we are going to see an increased number of cases. There is a, there's a cluster right now that's coming out of the correctional facility. People are in group spaces, group living and it's very difficult to control it in those situations. I give the nursing homes and assisted living facilities so much credit in addition to the seniors because they are really isolated right now. Yeah. And they don't have the capacity to get out and go around as they would want to. They can't go to the food store and then go home because the assisted living and the nursing homes have really put people on lockdown. But that same situation is what we need to do to protect our elderly who live in their own homes. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a huge effort from everybody. I know there's sort of coronavirus fatigue. Everyone's tired of hearing about it, and they just want to go back to the way things were. We just have to adapt. If nothing else, your Christmas gift to your loved ones is encouraging them to stay put, encouraging yourself to do that, and minimizing or eliminating any potential exposure. Yeah. You know, every every life matters, and our hearts obviously go out to anyone who has lost a loved one. Um, but on a positive note, Hawaii has done pretty well, uh, considering, I mean, across the board, you know, looking at what's happening in the mainland U.S., what would you say contributed to that? Like, why, why are our numbers a lot lower than other states? You know, it's interesting because people have a variety of theories on it. One of them is that our geographic isolation has really helped us because in this case, you know, because we are an island and they did shut down to tourists for a long time, we didn't see the increased numbers of cases that usually lead to the multiplication of these cases over, over time. We also, it's harder to get here. So, you know, if you lived where my, where my dad lives in Pennsylvania, you can drive to New Jersey easily. There's no stopping on the border. You can drive to New York. You can drive to other states that border where you live. And there really isn't a way to stop that. It's almost on the honor system that if, you know, New York had said, if you come here from another state, you should quarantine for two weeks. But there's not really the manpower to be able to, to enforce that. We see some of the same difficulties here when people come back or they return to the islands and they don't have the ability or we don't have the ability to enforce quarantine for the numbers of people that have arrived over the last two weeks. It's, it's our geographic isolation. It's some of the policies that we put in place. And for the most part, I have to say, when I'm out in public and I'm wearing a mask, I see almost everybody else wearing one. And it really does make me feel quite a bit more comfortable knowing that everybody's doing it, that it's not the one or two that you see that aren't wearing it. It's the one or two that might not, that they're the ones that are the unusual ones that aren't wearing it. Everyone else is wearing it. The few that are not, it, it worries me. 
But it is something that, for the most part, people have been compliant. And when they said close down beaches and close down gyms and close down other locations, we don't see large numbers of people congregating in those areas. Curiously enough, where we hear about most of the clusters are things that we told people be careful not to do. Family gatherings, church services, funerals. These were some of the places where we saw some of our early clusters. Group living environments, like unfortunately the correctional facilities. We saw small amounts of outbreaks in nursing homes, but because most of the homes had really good staff control over the situation, they isolated those patients and they weren't able to spread it to the rest of the general population. So we really have to just think about, you know, the one question I ask people is, is it worth it for you to do and fill in whatever activity? Does it really seem worth it for you? Do you have to go to the movies, out to eat, whatever it might be that you're thinking of doing? Can you modify it? Can you do takeout? Could you watch Netflix at home on your own TV? Those are some of the things and sacrifices we have to make, but that might be part of the reason why we've done a little bit better than some other places. We're in a little bit more of a controlled environment here. Yeah, you're right. Well, you're starting to kind of make some suggestions on how we can change things up a little bit and how we can adapt. Uh, So with these holiday celebrations, what are some suggestions you have uh, for families? I mean, Hawaii is such a big family place, you know? It really is. I think we have to be particularly sensitive to the fact that everybody wants to gather. You want to hug your loved ones. You want to be in a situation where you can touch them and you can play with them. And if they're kids and you want to have all those sorts of similar events like you did before. There are some ways you can do it differently, though. And one of the things that you can do is that, you know, for those folks who have just a regular cell phone, I've always encouraged people that, you know, there's some features on a lot of the phones these days where you can have more than one person. You can merge calls. So if you have one young family member who knows how to do this, then you you use them as the person to call five or six other family members, merge the call and do a conference call, particularly for some of the folks who are older who can't do some of the visual calls even just hearing everybody's voice. We've tried to do that with some of my family members and get everybody on the call, my siblings and I. And it's really been something that they've enjoyed and looked forward to every week when we do it. And that doesn't require a lot of technology, just a phone. One person who knows how to use it on their end, they call everybody else. For those who are really good at doing some of the visual, Zoom is a great platform, FaceTime, a variety of different ways that you can sort of get that visual, facial, interaction with somebody. And that's always a positive, but it's not available to everyone. And so just keeping in mind that there's some other old school ways to do it. Yeah. Well, I know some people have some traditions. They're looking at the Honolulu city lights, those kinds of things that we, you know, really can't do the way that we used to anyway. Uh, What about those events that have been canceled this year? Well, you know, the one thing you can do and it's safe is if you and your household and only your household want to drive around the islands you can see that there are a lot of folks out there who put out some pretty amazing lights. You can drive through downtown Honolulu and you can go ahead and see all the lights that the businesses have put out. They have the whole event at the stadium that you can go to, reserve a ticket and find some time to go see that. But driving in a car with your immediate family members in your household, very safe. It's time to create some new traditions. You know, I I was part of a singing group, and we had to stop all of our musical activities back in March. That doesn't mean that you can't put on a CD or put on an MP3 in your car and sing along in your car as you drive and sing your Christmas carols if you want to. 
there are some interesting things that some of the musical community have put out there. HOT, Hawaii Opera Theater, does virtual operas. The symphony has done virtual concerts down at the Hawaii Theater. So there are some ways that you can still get into the spirit of the season without having to put you or your loved ones at risk. It just it just takes being a little creative. Yeah, I, I know my kids and I have done a lot more DIYs. <laughs> We've been making ornaments and making cookies and doing all kinds of things. So, you know, it's, it is. It's just getting creative and doing things that they'll re- really remember because it's that gift of time, right, that really truly matters in this season, I believe anyway. Uh, and so three to five simple steps if you could give everyone to be safe and healthy during the holidays with their family and friends. First one, get a mask. And if you don't have one, have a loved one make you one because that's a gift that will keep on giving to everybody. So make sure you have adequate masks for people in your household. Make sure you have hand sanitizer. Encourage everybody to sanitize and wash their hands. That's another thing that I think people could do. Generally, try and eat well and take good care of yourself because this is also the flu season. So that if you don't expose yourself to other people, you're less likely to get infections. But colds and flus come around all year round. So make sure that all your other health conditions are fairly under good control. Make sure you have enough of your medications. Because you don't want to have to run out and rush to a pharmacy or have a loved one go there last minute. Stores are going to be crowded. Even though we shouldn't all be shopping, there are still people who will. So minimizing the amount of times you have to go out of the house. And then really thinking twice if you're going to have a family gathering. I had a couple of patients a few weeks ago before Thanksgiving say to me that they wanted to have their, you know, this was a nice elderly woman in her 80s. She wanted to have her son and her son had a girlfriend and she had some kids and she couldn't tell the son, don't bring the girlfriend and the children. But she needed to because she's 80 and she's at risk. And she just didn't feel comfortable saying no. But, you know, I said to her, would you feel comfortable if I called him and said, don't go? And she said, well, I'd feel a little better. So I did. And when I explained, he really did understand that this was a risk that really wasn't worth it. Stay healthy, but make sure that you don't put other people in an uncomfortable, awkward situation by asking them if you can bring someone who's not in their bubble to their event and let them know it's okay to stay home. It's totally acceptable to not go out and celebrate and don't make anyone feel bad if they can't and find some new way to get everyone excited. You know, one of the things that I saw recently on a Zoom call is everybody sort of had, had their Zoom cameras on and one person was moderating and said, okay, everybody, now go in your house and find a Santa hat. And the first person with the Santa hat come back on camera and you win a prize. And so you could see everybody left the visual of the camera and they all ran around trying to find Santa hats and came back and put them on. So there are some fun games that you can play, holiday games that you can do and consider. Now you can include some of your relatives on the mainland who couldn't join in before. So not only is this going to help protect you and your loved ones here in the islands, But you can also encourage people from all over to join in on your family celebration virtually. So just get creative, think out of the box, and think of some ways to stay safe. Because really, we are truly all in this together. If we haven't learned anything else this year, we are all in the same planet, and we all have to work together to make sure that we make it through this pandemic. And the more we do for one another, the more we're actually doing for ourselves as well. Yeah, you know... Can you offer us hope? I mean, we're hoping that by next year, by next Christmas, we can have normal Christmases again. What are you thinking? Where, where are you seeing us going in this? I'm really excited about the vaccines. There's a lot of data, a lot of safety data on the vaccines. I think that once we have enough 
people get vaccinated, we are going to start to come out of the woods from this pandemic. You know, we will start to see that people improve. They don't have to worry about getting sick any further. We will start to see that enough people who get vaccinated will provide immunity for the rest of those who maybe can't be vaccinated for certain medical reasons. I see that this time next year, we're going to be back to our family gatherings and our celebrations. And I don't, I don't think there's, there's going to be the same limitations next year as there are this year. I really think we're going to see, particularly as we get towards spring and summertime, we're going to start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And I just hope people can hang in there long enough. This is sort of the hardest time of all. In the beginning, it was novel, it was different, it was new, and so it was a little bit, people were adapting because they had to, and it was almost exciting to try something a different way. But as time goes on, as you get towards the hardest part of it, this is when it's so important to stick to what you've been doing. We've done really well here in Hawaii. We just need to keep hanging in there to continue to do so. And know that there will come a day when we can all go to events at the stadium, when we can all go to the movies, when we can all go shopping again, when you can have family parties and invite all of your family members together, that day will come again. That is not a thing of the past. Just hang in there because better days are coming. We definitely appreciate that's a gift in itself just to hear that little bit of hope there. Well, you know, how are you going to be celebrating the holidays this season with your family? Well, like I said, I'm the COVID risk. So as a healthcare provider, the only things that I'm going to do is hang out with the people in my household. And so that's really just to protect other people because, you know, even though I feel fine and I know how to wear PPE and all those sorts of things, it's always that one little slip up. It's that one time that maybe you didn't or the patient coughed and you didn't, you were closer than six feet or whatever the situation might be. So to help protect everybody else. I'm staying to myself this year. And uh, it's it's kind of ironic because in years gone past, I've always had more than one event that I've sort of been invited to and I felt compelled to go everywhere. And I always said to myself, wouldn't it be great to just stay home and relax and watch a movie on Christmas? Well, wish has been granted because that's my plan. This is every introvert's gift to, to themselves. They're like, thank you. I'm sorry I can't come to anything. Yes. And I'm going to be happy about it. All right. All right, Dr. Kozak, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, we're bringing you back for some more wisdom. Anytime. All right. She has connected the dots for us on holiday celebration do's and don'ts. Connecting the Dots is a UHA sponsored podcast. With COVID-19 around, telehealth lets you see your physician while keeping you safe at home. If you have questions, we're here to help. Stay safe, take care of each other, and use telehealth. We're UHA Health. 